Welcome to the podcast, Just Saying. My name is Joe McCormick. I'm your host. And today we're going to ask a question. Is PowerPoint really to blame? If you're new to this podcast, I'm super happy that you're here. And if you've been here before, great to have you back. As you know, I've written a book called Brief, Make a Bigger Impact by Saying Less. Also recently released a book called Noise, Living and Leading When Nobody Can Focus. And I started a business called The Brief Lab, where we teach people how to become lean communicators, clear and concise. And the reason I'm doing this podcast today is because somebody sent me an email. And his name is David. And David's a major in the military, and he took a class. He's actually currently deployed. in uh, He's overseas. And he sends me this email. And the email is, he's like, hey, do you remember me? took a class out on the West Coast, and I'm like, yeah, I do. And he's like, I read this essay, and I immediately thought of you, and I wanted to share it with you. So he sends me this essay, and it's called Dumb Dumb Bullets. And the subtitle is, um, as a decision-making aid, PowerPoint is a poor tool. So he had me read it, and I read it. And I agree with some of it, and I disagree with other parts of it. In general, it's an interesting, it's really written primarily for a military audience. So it talks about some stuff where I think some of my corporate clients would probably know this and they don't use it this way. But in the military, it's it's an often abused tool. It's like using a screwdriver as a hammer or a hammer as a screwdriver. It just doesn't quite fit. So I figured, you know what, I probably should do a podcast on this because PowerPoint's a much, a much maligned tool. And I just want to get into, you know, is it really to blame? Now, if you want to stop listening to this podcast right now, the answer is PowerPoint's not to blame. It's the user that's to blame. But I want to go a little deeper and teach, you know, when and where do you use it? Why is, you know, why is it, why does it work and why doesn't it work and when doesn't it work and all that? I think the, the, the bigger underlying reason for this is that we need, we need to know when and why it succeeds and, you know, when and why it fails for us, right, as, as communicators. And if you look at a little background of the of PowerPoint, it was created in 1987. And I think three months or so after it was released, Microsoft bought it. And this is 1987. And it was, I think, designed primarily for Macintosh. And it was designed to produce um, transparencies, overhead transparencies. And Microsoft released it broadly in 1990, so it's been around for, you know, many, many years. And it's inspired a lot of parodies and criticisms and Dilbert cartoons and you name it. People have made fun of PowerPoint. And certainly this headline of this essay, Dumb Dumb Bullets, doesn't, uh, doesn't pay a lot of compliments. So why is this seemingly such a flawed tool but everybody uses it. I mean, I didn't do that much research on, on on how global the use of PowerPoint is, but I'm sure, you know, the hundreds of millions of PowerPoint presentations have been made from school kids to grad students to corporate executives, military leaders. I mean, and, you know, that famous quote, I think, in the military is like, we understand that slide will have won the war kind of thing. And, um, there's even like it was lampooned as the Gettysburg Address in PowerPoint. So if you get a chance to look that up, it's pretty funny. It's like seven slides. If, you, if, if, if Abraham Lincoln had written that as PowerPoint, what it, what it might have looked like. It's pretty funny. Charts and everything. 
So what I want to do is just go through just some basic considerations so you don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. A couple things. First, I think where this goes wrong is, I mean, let's face it, the, the, it's, it's a convenient tool. It's, it's easy to use. So you just, you got a bunch of stuff to say, you got a meeting, you want to, why don't you present some stuff in a meeting, you start building slides and, you know, next thing you know, you got 20 slides, 50 slides, whatever. I even once had a client that wanted me to help come up with a brief version of a, of a hundred slide presentation for a marketing department. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like, no, we're outlining strategy for our, how we work in digital and online, you know, to online advertising. And we can't condense the presentation. It's a hundred slides. I, I, I didn't believe them, but I actually, um, saw the presentation. It was actually one of the most beautiful PowerPoint presentations I've ever seen. It probably cost them a fortune to make. Um, a hundred slides. So I think one of the big mistakes is it's so convenient, it's so easy that people just abuse it. Um, the irony here is the insight is it's convenient, it's easy as a tool, yet critical thinking is hard. So somehow people think that if I just dump it into PowerPoint, it'll do the work for me. Um, it'll all make sense in that format. That doesn't make any sense. But people do it. They're like, I'll just put it in slides, and somehow the slides will make it sense. It makes sense of it. Bullet points will make it. And that's why Dumb Dumb Bullets was his title of his, of his essay. So the first thing I want you to think about is it really is a presentation tool, but often it gets used as a documentation tool. People use it for planning. They use it for research. They collect information. And then once they dump it all into PowerPoint, they present it. Well, those are two very different uses. Uses. Um, as a documentation tool, I might use PowerPoint as a as an easier way than Microsoft Word because I don't want to write things out. I just want to put graphs and charts and analysis, and that's why. But then they turn and they use it to present from, and that's that's I think that's a fatal flaw right there. Am I using it to document information, or am I using it to present information? And if the answer is the former, then you're going to have a mess because. Showing raw documentation doesn't present well. You got to use it as a pro- as a presentation tool. So that for many people is just: Am I going to print it, staple it, and hand it out? If it's 20, 30, 40, 50 slides, I might need a presentation for that documentation, even though it's in PowerPoint. So if I had a forty slide deck, I might need a seven slide deck of the summary of that. So am I using it for documentation or presentation? That's a, kind of the first consideration. People don't even think about that. I think this, the next thing is um, is the length of the slides. Not only the overall slide, you know, like I said, the hundred slide deck that my this client in my head, but also the length of each slide itself, each page. And what's funny is, particularly in the military, but I think this is true in other places, is how people are. Well, it's you know, I need one slide, and they just jam information on the slide, really, really small font. And it just becomes cluttered. Now, you look at that, you go, nobody would ever do that. And it's like, no, people actually do that. They'll just if they if you if you limit the slide count, they just jam more information into a into a slide. And obviously, as the as an author of a book called Brief, that's not a good idea. You know, can you give me the summary of that? No, I'm just going to put every bit and click every 
piece of information to just jam it in there. So just because it can hold everything and it's easy and convenient doesn't mean it should. Okay, so knowing the, the slide count, I when I use it as a, as a tool to present, whether it's on a Zoom call, or remote, you know, online, or I'm doing a course, or I'm doing a keynote, or whatever it might is, you know, my, by the by the way, um, the Mac version of this is called Keynote. So I, whatever I'm saying here is just true for Keynote or any other software with similar to PowerPoint. I'm just using PowerPoint as almost like Kleenex, not not taking aim at Microsoft. Um, if if you look at when I do when I do presentations, I, I kind of generally look at at a slide count. How many slides do I want to present with? If I'm talk for a half hour, maybe it's oftentimes I don't use slides at all. I just have I have a, of a flow and a couple of videos and an exercise. But if you if you really need to use a presentation, what's the slide count? People lose the slide count. And they've got a hundred slides and there's timed out. It just it becomes overwhelming. The length of the slide and the amount of information on each slide. Consider that. Make it shorter. Okay. Um, less text, more images is kind of a good, good, good uh, thing to keep in mind. A number of years ago, just as a side note to that. Um, I discovered an alternative to PowerPoint called HaikuDeck. It's H-A-I-K-U-D-E-C-K. I'm not sure if they still exist. I think they do. But what was really compelling is that they forced you to use a primary image, which you were able to find on Creative Commons. It was a license-free image. And it was like a main headline and a sub-headline. So they give you a couple of simple templates, but it was a main image. That was their big calling card. And we did some really cool exercises in our courses using Haiku Deck as an alternative to PowerPoint. And you can use PowerPoint in the same way, but this actually forced you to pick the image based on what you were saying in every slide and then have a headline main point and then kind of a small headline below it. Okay. The third thing is just, um, just because it can't hold everything doesn't mean it should. The third thing is um, reading from the slides. And, and I, again, I don't want to turn this into a presentation class, but everybody knows not to do it, but everybody does it. Okay, so is PowerPoint really to blame? I mean, that's user error right there. I mean, don't read the slides. People who are seeing the slides can read the slides. You know, and if you're if, if using it as a documentation tool, even worse, because then there's a lot to read. So it's like, then it's like reading, you know, it's like presenting a book by showing the book. Okay, so reading the slides is a no-no, so don't do it. If you're tempted to do it, you know, don't do it. And this is how you get away from doing it, which is my last my last point, which is be prepared to provide an executive summary of the presentation as a whole and then an executive summary for each slide. And this is what I mean. When I teach courses, what I tell people, and if you've taken our course before, you know, you've heard us say this, is an executive summary is critical and it follows a very specific format. So an executive summary is first, what is the main idea? And then the second point is, why are you showing this? Why is this important? Maybe it's a couple of bullet points, some information, and then there's a conclusion or a key takeaway or a so what. So it's a what, why, maybe some information, and a so what. When you're giving a presentation, you need to have an executive summary for the entire presentation and for each slide. So when you're, if you think about it as a presentation tool, I don't need to read the slides. I can just tell you what the point of the slide is. Hence the term PowerPoint, right? What's the point of the slide? So the way I look at it is if I'm ever doing a presentation, I'm using it as a presentation tool. What I ask myself the question, what would happen if the pre, literally the technology 
the 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 the, the um, my computer software to projector died. What would you do if it died? And this actually happened to me once where I was in a in this conference doing a keynote and they ran the electricity died. Like they had no generators and it was like we were gonna do a presentation on candlelight. Well I'm like, hey I've been telling people about doing this for years, but I gotta do it. I can actually do the presentation with no slides because there aren't there's no electricity. So you need to have an executive summary. In your own words, what is the point of this presentation? Why is this relevant? What are the key things that you're going to share? And what's the key takeaway you want to leave your audience as, at a macro level? And then from each slide, do the same thing. Let me give you an example. So when you're showing a slide, instead of reading it, you're saying, in your own words, the point of the slide is X. The reason why I'm showing it to you is Y. Here's a couple of bullet points. And here's the key takeaway or the conclusion of the slide. Next slide. And then you talk to the slides versus reading from the slides. So simple adjustment, very powerful because you have clear a clear point of the whole presentation and each slide and how it fits into the whole presentation. So if you're familiar with a brief map, you would do a brief map for the whole presentation and then one for each maybe section or each slide. It makes it really, really smooth sailing. So just to kind of like give you the overview, one is use it as a presentation tool, not as a documentation tool. If you want a document with PowerPoint, that's fine. Just make that your handouts and then create a smaller, shorter version of your presentation that sits on top of it, okay? All right? Um, just because it can hold everything and you can keep on adding slides, keep track of the slide length, all right? I'm not going to do 50, 60 slides. I can't hold anybody's attention. If you are recent um, podcast, The Four False Assumptions, one of them is I'm assuming interest and attention. I can't pay attention that long. There's too many slides. All right, so cut the slides back and the information on each slide. Don't fall into the temptation of, because I can, I should, okay? And don't read the slides. Talk to them. You do that by, by my last point is provide an executive summary for the entire presentation. This is what it's about and why I'm showing it to you, what I'm going to cover, and each slide, what's the point of each slide and why am I showing it to you? Okay, and when you do that, it makes PowerPoint actually a pretty effective tool. There's a ton of stuff you can read on PowerPoint. Go online, do some research about how to give better PowerPoint presentations. That wasn't my intent here. My intent here was to answer the question, is PowerPoint really to blame? And the answer is no, not really. It really is. Um, it's really user error, mainly, when you think about it. Okay, so there is, hence the name, power and a point in PowerPoint, just as long as we use it and we don't abuse it. Just saying.